so we bought this Matisse-style picture of this ballerina from the art gallery shop in Melbourne because dancing is something that I really enjoy. And like many young girls at the time, when at primary school, I had a desire to learn ballet. But my parents, they wisely steered me into sports of all kind instead. And by the time that I reached high school, I was passionate about gymnastics because of the associated rhythmic movement. And I joined a creative dance group. You may not think that when you look at me now, but that was when I was young. <laughs> and at that time, I also attended church dances, even ones in this hall. Does anybody remember those? One or two? <laughs> yes, um, I used to come to church dances in this hall. During my early adult life, I enjoyed attending friends' weddings and watching their first dances before joining in with the other guests. And as the decades have passed, Bob and I have enjoyed watching performances like Michael Flatley and his energetic Irish dance troupe, the Highland dancers at the Edinburgh Tattoo, the Mamma Mia dancers in their Greek island setting, and the New Zealand TV series Dancing with the Stars, which has been postponed since 2020, since we've had COVID around. I love music and movement, and I suspect that many of you do too. And sometimes if I hear a piece of music I like when I'm at home doing the chores, I'll stop what I'm doing and I'll dance about the place for a bit, even for a few moments. Sometimes I drag Bob in on the dance, and he's not always so keen, but he dances with me in the kitchen, um, if that's what I'm really wanting to do to this nice piece of music I hear. So, for now, I want you to keep the image of dancing and rhythmic music on hold, and I'll come back to this concept a little bit later in my talk. Last week, we celebrated Pentecost, and I love that banner that's up there, and I love that the banner there that has been made. And the coming of the Holy Spirit is so important in the life of the church. But today, one week later, our readings lead us to focus on God, the Holy Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, or Creator, Redeemer, and Giver of Life. From Isaiah 6.1, we learn that Isaiah, the prophet, was commissioned by the Lord to speak to those brought out of Egypt by the Lord's mighty hand. Like we Christians, Jewish people are, of course, monotheists. They believe in one God, as described in Deuteronomy 6, verses 5 to 9, a passage of scripture referred to as the Shema, a name derived from the initial word, hear. Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord alone. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, and with all your soul, and with all your might. Today's Gospel reading, John 3, 1 to 17, is all about Nicodemus, who visits Jesus to explore the relationship between Jesus and God the Father, and learns about the need to be born again of both water and of the Spirit. And 
It is a spirit that brings new life and a fresh perspective to us. Nicodemus's image of God expands. He learns that Jesus has come from God not to condemn the world, but to save it. God loves us, was alongside us in Jesus, and lives in us now through the Holy Spirit, the Trinity in action. So this story was chosen as an illustration for Trinity Sunday, because in John 3, in verses 3 and 5, Jesus speaks about the kingdom of God. And presumably, the kingdom or the realm of God has a king or a sovereign other than Jesus, who in this passage refers to himself as the Son of Man. In verse 5, Jesus states that no one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of water and the Spirit. And further on, in verse 8, the Spirit is mentioned again. So if you put aside your thoughts about being born anew from above and just focus on the Trinitarian theme within this passage, a kingdom, presumably with a heavenly king or sovereign, Jesus as the Son of Man, and the Spirit are all mentioned. There are, of course, other Trinitarian passages in Scripture for example, John 14, verses 15 to 17. And we learn that Jesus said, If you love me, you will keep my commandments, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to be with you forever. This is the spirit of truth. And also from Matthew 28, we can read of the Great Commission. And Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Also, there's an apostolic benediction in 2 Corinthians 13, and you know it well. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with all of you. So from these and other New Testament texts, the basis of the doctrine of the Trinity begins to emerge. And it's stated in the Apostles and the Nicene Creeds. You're probably aware that from the earliest days of the church, Christians developed short, simple summaries of the faith. These statements are known as creeds, and the word creed comes from the Latin word credo, meaning I believe and trust. And we're going to have a song during communion which speaks about the creed. Well, people who were preparing for baptism in the early centuries of the Christian church learned a short summary of what Christians believe. One version became accepted as the Apostles' Creed because it was thought to include the essential teaching of the Twelve Apostles. The Apostles' Creed is therefore a summary of what the Church teaches and of what Christians together believe, rather than a detailed statement of individual or personal belief. 
As we say this creed, we join Christians, past and present, and from all over the world in proclaiming our common faith. I believe in God, the Father Almighty. I believe in Jesus Christ, God's only Son, our Lord. I believe in the Holy Spirit. And in contrast, the Nicene Creed, adopted by the Council of Nicaea in AD 325, is a more detailed summary of what the whole church believes about the great doctrines of the Christian faith. It begins with the statement, we believe, rather than I believe, and it uses the same threefold structure as the Apostles' Creed, but goes into it in more depth and detail. In addition, if you want to know more about our church's Trinitarian theology, you only need to turn to our Anglican prayer book, which we don't seem to use very much these days because we have all those little booklets. But in the Anglican prayer book, in a section called the Catechism, which is actually at the end of the prayer book, um, we can discover more about God, Teatua, that is, God is Father, Teatua Matua, God the Son, Teatua Tama, and God the Holy Spirit, Teatua Wairua Tapu. And I know you sing a song along that line, and so that is um, uh, indicative of remembering God the Holy Spirit. Now let me change tact a little. The most famous image of the Trinity is the Russian Orthodox icon by Andrei Rublev, painted in 1425, which has been used throughout today's PowerPoint. The icon shows three angelic figures with halos sitting around a table sharing a meal. They share similar features and long braided hair as if they were brothers or sisters. They each wear something blue, which sort of ties the picture together. The icon is based on Genesis 18, the story of the three strangers who came to Abraham and Sarah under the oaks of Mam. Three persons who turned out to be the Lord, bringing the promise of a son. Rubler's painting is a painting of God, the three in one. It's a wonderfully balanced and peaceful picture. But what it says to us is that the Trinity is more like a dinner than a doctrine. It tells us that at the heart of God is the experience of fellowship and communion. And that God is more like three persons sharing a meal and love and life. You see, the deepest and most profound truths of our lives are not probable facts. Rather, they are personal and intimate truths which give us meaning and understanding and not just explanations. So our Trinity Sunday celebration isn't just about a doctrine, ideas and concepts, for we're invited to participate in God's life and to share that life with others. It's a time to celebrate life and love, sharing and giving. The early church teachers spoke about the Trinity as perichoresis, which is like the giving of oneself and the receiving of another 
that happens in a dance. One may think of the dance of marriage, when two persons love and relate well to one another. Or one may consider the dance of a harmonious family grouping. Perichoresis is the dance of love between the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. They are distinct and yet one, the way that dancers and the dance are distinct and yet one. Take away the dance and there are no dancers. Take away the dancers and there's no dance. So this choreography of love cannot be contained. It spills out and flows beyond the three persons. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, so that everyone who believes in him may not perish, but may have eternal life. The choreography of love reaches out, it connects, and it enfolds. Trinitarian reaching out is expressed in the creation of all that there is. Trinitarian connection is manifested in the incarnation, life, death, and resurrection of Jesus the Christ. And Trinitarian unfolding is the invitation to dance. In God's life, no one is left out. There are no wallflowers. So this morning and this coming week and in the weeks and months ahead, God invites you to join the dance. And God invites us to join the dance together. I would like, if we went back to that slide, that last one, previous one, I found on, on the net um, this lovely picture of a group of people um, touching one another's shoulder and doing a lovely dance around the table together. If we had more time, I'd like to be creative and do things like that because we are a community of faith who loves our Trinitarian God, and we can join in the dance together. So um, I do um, sometimes feel restricted by the time limits of things, but if we had the time and um, the energy, we could just get up and be free and join in the dance around the table today. So blessings. I hope that that has made the Trinity a little more clearer to you. It's not just doctrine. It is... Um, more of a dinner, more of a dance, more of a people coming together and enjoying one another's company with the presence of God in our midst. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen.